As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This is the Bulls Talk Podcast presented by Coors Light. I am Jason Goff, and I am joined by Casey Johnson from NBC Sports Chicago and NBCSportsChicago.com and my pre- and post-game teammate, Will Purdue. Coming up on the show, we'll discuss the Bulls' wings. That's right, Chandler Hutchison, Thad Young, and Otto Porter. We'll discuss their seasons, we'll discuss their trajectories, and what's next for the Bulls' wings. Born in the Rockies, Coors Light is lagered cold for a crisp, clean taste, filtered cold to ensure clarity and brightness, and packaged cold for peak refreshment, because those who thirst for more deserve the world's most refreshing beer. All right, so guys, in our Bulls semi-off-season weird thing breakdown that we've been doing, we, we started with the guards, and now we're going to get into the Bulls' wings, and then we'll finish up with the Bulls' bigs uh, on the next podcast. Casey Johnson from NBC Sports Chicago and NBCSportsChicago.com, Will Purdue, four-time NBA champion, and my, uh, my teammate on the pre- and post-game show for NBC Sports Chicago. And me, Jason Goff, and our digital content producer, Tony Gill, on the line. So, fellas, the Bulls' wings. Uh, we, we snuck Shaq Harrison and Denzel Valentine into the guard podcast. So anybody, including Shaq and Denzel's family, who listen to this pod, think that we're just not talking about you guys. It's not the truth. Go back and listen to the last pod. We talked about Denzel and actually talked about Denzel extensively uh, at the end of the last pod. So let's get to the Bulls' wings, which we have designated as – Chad Hutchinson, Thad Young, and Otto Porter. Let's start with Otto Porter, Will, and KC. Uh, Otto, when we saw him last year, was fine, but we didn't see him enough last year. And obviously with the season ending the way it did, uh, we didn't get a chance to see him make his way back into the lineup fully and play with Zach and Kobe. But the Otto Porter fascination is interesting to me because – there are certain people like, you know, us who talk about Otto Porter and certain fans who see what he does when he's healthy and think about the, the attribute that he could be. But there are others who also see that he hasn't been healthy and the size of that contract and, you know, matching that to the value or the productivity that they've seen over the last couple of years since he's been a bull. Will, uh, his season last year, obviously, or this year, I should say, cut short by injury, but what are you feeling about Otto Porter right now as it stands today? Well, I think he could be a valuable addition to this team in the sense that, unfortunately for him now, a skill set has become reliability, his ability to stay healthy. Now, when you start talking about this team, and let's just – it's dangerous when you assume, but let's just assume you got Kobe, Zach, Lowry, Otto and Wendell Carter Jr. Let's let's describe that as your core. But I think as you mentioned in the open, 
we have to talk about two things right off the bat, or maybe not even talk about, just mention it, all right? Upcoming salary, basically $28.5 million. Now, I'm not going to fault a player for signing that because if somebody slides that in front of me, I'm going to sign it in a heartbeat. But that's a player option that he has to October 17th to decide whether he's going to pick up. I think we all assume he's going to pick that up. I don't think he's going to get that money anywhere else. He may get a multi-year deal, but he's not going to get anything close to that amount of money, especially with the salary cap probably going down. So the second thing is, over the last two years since they've traded for him, he's played a 29 of a possible 93 games. So you have to ask yourself, will history repeat itself in the sense of how many games will he actually be able to play? And we're going to get to a guy that I think will – that's very important, and this will be a big year for him and Chandler Hutchinson. If Otto Porter stays healthy and plays a lot, how does that affect how many minutes Chandler Hutchinson plays? So there's a, there's a lot to balance out. And the, the thing that I like about him is when he does play, he's steady, he's accountable, and you know exactly what you're going to get. The last four seasons, 43% from behind the three-point line, 54% from two. from the free throw line. But the reliability issue, the accountability issue, can you – how many – if they play 82 games next year, how many games do you actually think he's going to play? I don't – I think we'll all agree he's not going to play 82 games. But also, how many games will the current coaching staff, if they're still here, or the new coaching staff – allow him to play so that he remains effective every time that he does step on the floor. And I hate to, I hate to put it in this statement, but almost so that he gets out of his own way and stays healthy. I think he's doing everything possible in the off season to prepare for the season, to try to prevent injury. But unfortunately for him, that just seems to be a part of his DNA. Yeah. It seems like it's a body issue. Uh, that, that we're looking at. And at this point, too, KC, uh, you know, in, in covering him and, and being closer to him than Will or I, you know, it, it's, it's not for a lack of one talent and also fit. I mean, in Washington, you talk to people who covered him as a young player in Washington, and one of the worst things I think they could have done as an organization is bring in Paul Pierce at the latter end of his career and take away those in-game possessions and moments from a young player, which they were trying to groom. Now, then he becomes a bull, and he's still trying to find, you know, where that level is at that we like to talk about. So it's gone from that being a question to what is Otto Porter to can Otto Porter realize what he is due to health concerns? Well, it's funny you bring that up, uh, Jay, because that was actually one of the points I was going to make. Uh, and by the way, <laughs> no, and, and by the way, I, can I just say I missed the pre and post game show? Now that we have you and Will back together, <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. This is this is the last place I haven't cried, man. I don't want to. I don't want to do it on the podcast. <laughs> all right, all right, but no, but you saw you talk about role and, and kind of figuring out who he is. Yeah. We got to remember that Otto Porter Jr. was a bench player at the end of last season. I mean, Jim Boylan was bringing him off the bench uh, and starting Chandler Hutchinson at one point. Now, obviously, that was as Otto was working his way back from his injury. Um, he started nine games, came off the bench five. It's amazing when he played 14 games last year. Right. It's amazing. But, uh, you know, so that is, a, that is a good question. Like, who is Otto Porter at this stage of his career? The injury concerns are what they are. 
Will makes uh, the point that you you know what you're going to get from him, and I agree that he's a uh, one of the better two-way glue players on this roster. But, you know, if you've got a new regime that says they want to play up-tempo and athletic and like, and like uh, you know, versatile, multi-positional players, you know, if Chandler Hutchison is healthy, do you continue that look where you start Chandler Hutchison and bring Otto Porter Jr. off the bench? That's something that has to be in consideration at this stage of his career because he has not proven the ability to stay healthy. And Chandler Hutchison, when he was starting, was actually showing some promise. So I know we're kind of talking about two players at once, but to me, it's part of the whole. It's to me, it's part of the whole package when you look at Otto Porter Jr. and his role on the Bulls moving forward. Yeah, which which you hate to see for someone be and and Will said once you sign that deal, somebody puts that deal in front of you, you're gonna sign it, right? And you're gonna opt in as well because you don't know if you're gonna get 28 on it. You probably. Well, not going to get 28 on the, on the open market. What you hate to see is a guy just become a contract this early in his career. And, and it's, it's that weird, that weird balancing act that's getting ready to come up here where, you know, if that, if that number, you know, looks attracted to a team that's just trying to, trying to acquire a contract, you'd hate to see a player who has skill. There's definite skill there. Will, you were, you were saying? Well, I think the other thing we have to ask ourselves is, is that, because this is a young team, and if he can stay healthy, I think he's a valuable asset. But at the same time, because it's a young team, because they're not contenders, they could possibly be a playoff team, you know, six, seven, eight seed possible. But you have to ask yourself now, how much better does he actually make this team? Because in my opinion, I think he's when he's healthy, he's solid. Mm-hmm. Does he actually make the team better in the sense that he's not a playmaker? He can, he can drop buckets. He can score. He can cover. He can play three different positions. He can guard four different positions. But also, if you look at his numbers over his career, he never averages more than two assists a game in a season. So where does, as KC put, where does he fit in the makeup of this team considering the great unknown who the coaching, who the head coach is going to be, and who the coaching staff will be moving forward, heading into the next season. So, what is what is the big picture? And Casey said something about if they, if they elect to play up tempo, do I think that Chandler Hutchinson is a better up tempo player? Yeah, I do, but I still feel like that Otto Porter can play up tempo. But then you start to ask yourself, as Casey mentioned, is he more of a spot player? And I don't mean a guy that plays 12, 14 minutes a game but a guy that plays 20, 24, 26 minutes a game, depending on how he's playing because of, and coaches have to take this into consideration as we continue to mention because of his history and his inability to stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, the, the question I'm sure Otto and his people are asking and maybe some teams around the league are asking as well is, is Otto Porter a good rotational player on a contender? And what does that mean while he's on the Bulls? Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Let's just get into the Chad Hutchinson talk now. Chan Chandler Hutchinson. Chad Hutchinson. <laughs> that's, that's bad bears memories coming back to me. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Chandler. I apologize to you. Uh, but let's get into Chandler right now. Um, talk about availability again. Is a guy who in the first couple of years of his career has missed enough time that you don't know what you have. And when we did see him last year, there were, there were moments where – he was, he was forcing the issue. Uh, I think he's a north and south player. There's, there's not a whole lot of wiggle that I've seen yet to his game. He's, he seems like a really good athlete and a, and a, uh, a defender in the making. Uh, I, I just – this is one of those things where it's, uh, you know, not applicable in terms of what I can put on his development and where he can go because I don't know – I still don't know much about Chandler Hutchison, the basketball player, other than the, the bursts that I've seen on the court and then seeing him sitting on the sidelines as often as I have. So, Casey, we'll let you start with, with the, what the word is, not only on his season but going forward for Chandler. Yeah, I mean, 72 games through two seasons, so he hasn't even played a full NBA season after, you know, being on the roster for two. So that's obviously a, a troubling sign. Um, you know, I think he, the the injury uh, concerns are legitimate. I think you can now question whether he's the kind of guy that's going to, um, you know, play through pain. I mean, everybody gets nicked up in a season. He's had some unfortunate injuries, but um, there is kind of that label about him now as to whether or not he can stay on the floor for an extended period of time. Look, to me, that, that stretch he had in um, January um, where he was – it was late January, early February. He was really, to me, doing what he does best, rebounding the ball. Uh, he had nine, five, eight, and seven over a four-game stretch. Rebounding the ball and pushing it up the court. That, that, that to me, is what he's at his best, is what he's um, active and he's obviously long. He's athletic. Um, but – you know, there are still questions about his shot two seasons in, and there's still questions about his ability to stay on the court two seasons in. So when he's on the court, he has shown flashes. But, you know, we're talking about a guy that, to me, isn't a frontline starter on a championship team. He just isn't. Uh, he could be a frontline starter maybe next season for the Bulls as they continue to try to figure out where they're going. But he, he's a rotation player at best on a championship team. And, um, you know, uh, I do think he can maybe get a little bit better, but he's also what? How old is he? He's older. He was four-year player, 24. 23. Yeah, no, he's 24, actually. He turned 24 in, in April. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, so I don't know, man. Uh, Last time we saw an older rookie was Taj Gibson, and he played his way into all of our hearts with how, how one, how reliable he was, how, how scrappy he was, but Taj was an older uh, you know, rookie. When when you're an older rookie, you gotta you gotta show and prove kind of quick because seemingly in everybody's eyes that clock is ticking because of how how old how much older you are. Yeah, Will, what do you think? Well, I I agree with what you say, Casey. I mean, when he has played, 
And when he has been healthy, I've really liked what I've seen. The explosiveness, the ability to get end line to end line, the ability to get to the bucket and finish. But you talked about the shot. I mean, he's 46% from the field. It's okay. But considering how many shots he had at the rim over those 72 games, you think it would be higher. And I'm not saying he can't finish. But I'm saying that, you know, is he – is what can he prove – he has to prove to us now that he can hit the mid-range. I know people talk about, oh, there's no more mid-range. But at times you get caught having to shoot a mid-range. And then the reason why I mentioned mid-range is because over those two seasons, he shot 32% and 28% from behind the arc. And let's also not forget, over those two seasons, he only shot 60% from the free throw line. So he's got some significant improvement to make. You know, I think he's been a decent defender, not a great defender. But anytime he's built up any type of positive momentum, unfortunately, a lot like Otto Porter, that momentum gets derailed by an injury. And I think some of that stuff is just, you know, how he plays because of the style that he likes to play and needs to play to be effective. I think he exposes himself to more injuries than other players do because of the fact that he likes to finish at the rim, and I love that. I don't think he's afraid of contact. But, you know, there's, there's – back when we played, there was a term they used to use that – Because in the sense that don't go there, Jason. <laughs> just, I was like, careful, Will. <laughs> yeah, you might be you might be doing some editing there, Tony Gill. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard Mike North in the background. <laughs> we can punch that. <laughs> but it was just poor how about porcelain man? How about that? Does that work better for you? That's better. I like that one. <laughs> We need to play like Bamani's whole music right there, where where all you hear is like classic rock for a little bit, and then they <laughs> then they come back to Will's explanation. But back to back to the the. Uh, the and I feel. Oh, let me finish. I mean, I, I, I he's the one guy I kind of feel sorry for because I thought it was a solid pick by the Bulls. Yeah. But unfortunately, because of the injuries, he just hasn't been able to show us, show the fans, show the coaches what he can do. So when you start talking about it's such a small body of work as, as, as it, we've talked about 72 games and unfortunately it hasn't been 72 games on a good team mm. where you're playing against a opponent's best effort on every given night. I know people want to talk about, Hey, you just got to go out and play. But when you're on a good team with a good record, you just get a team – you get a better effort from your opponent. That's just the bottom line. And it's and, easy and to evaluate then? It, because you know that when they step on the floor, regardless of who it is, regardless of what the opponent's record is, you're going to get their best effort from their best players, not necessarily guys just kind of coasting, knowing that they can win, turn it on in the last six minutes, and what looked like a possible victory, you know, you, you lose. I always talk to people about – you know, when I was with San Antonio, we went 20 and 62. That's 20 and 62. But I can promise you at the end of the third quarter, if we would have ended the game there, 
we would have went 50 and 32. <laughs> but there was still another quarter to play. And all of a sudden, the intensity ratcheted up, the team tightened down the screws, and they put forth a totally different effort. So, you know, unfortunately for Chandler, that's, I just don't think he's seen everybody's best effort. So you have to take that into account. And this is the hard part is you're really going to have to dissect some video to see what he really can do. And just like in college, just like in uh, high school, and the NBA, potential is a dangerous word. Potential gets coaches fired, gets general managers fired, and that's, that's going to be a tough call for this organization because I think he's got great potential. But uh, like a lot like Otto, he just hasn't had the opportunity because of injury to really build on that. With a young player like that, Will, do you, do you throw caution to the wind if there's an opportunity and just throw him out there and let him make his mistakes? Or do you, do you incrementally build his responsibility? Well, I think because of the past, I think you in incrementally build the responsibility. Because the greatest thing about him is the contract. Mm. So you have the flexibility to kind of be patient with him a little bit. But at the same time, because now he's going to be going into his third season, as KC talked about, he's already 24. He'll turn 25 at the end of next season. You start to think that, you know, he's a, he's a guy that's probably going to improve. But as you just used the word incrementally, and, and he's not going to all of a sudden go from a guy that gave you eight points and five points to 16 and 18. I think that he, you're going to start thinking about, hey, this is a valuable piece coming off the bench. Depending on our opponent, he could give you, you know, 12 minutes one night, but he could give you 30 the next. But then that's a guy that you say, okay, coming off the bench. So where does he fit in the rotation as a guy coming off the bench? Yeah, I'm going I'm to go back and try to look at some more of his, uh, his Boise stuff so I could – because it, it's funny, you know, both of, uh, both of you guys have talked about, like, the fit with Otto Porter and Chandler. And depending on how this team's going to look maybe differently offensively, whatever the case may be, you know, what, what's tailor-made to Chandler Hutchison's game in terms of getting the most out of him? You know, obviously getting up and down and, like you mentioned, Will, him finishing and trying to finish at the rim as much, much as he possibly can. And then you talk about the shot, talk about the playmaking ability and, and the defense and all the other things that have to also come up to, to level for you to be able to count on him for effective minutes, especially when it's time for this team to win. Thursday, July 23rd marks one year out from the Tokyo Olympics. The world will come back together to celebrate competition, unity, and the triumph of the human spirit. Tokyo is set to welcome the best athletes on earth as they pursue a dream delayed after persevering through this challenging year. 2021 brings us all an event to look forward to as U.S. stars like Simone Biles, Katie Ledecky, and Allison Felix seek to make history on their sport's biggest stage. The Tokyo Games begin next July, only on NBC. Let's now talk about the curious case of Thad Young. There is no, <laughs> there's nobody. Listen, we. I feel like Thad Young has been playing since 1992, uh, but he is only 32 years old. He's had 13 years in the league. Uh, this season was was interesting to say the least for Thad Young. Thad uh, signed with the Bulls, and 
he made it very evident that he liked what was happening here and he wanted to he wanted to build with this team and and at some point during, throughout this year there was the the minutes load discussion uh there were moments where Thad Young was being a leader in terms of what was acceptable and what wasn't acceptable like there were different roles that Thad Young wanted to play and did play throughout this season KC uh, if you were putting a, a, a wrap on a, a, a nice little bow on Thad Young's season, uh, what would say you about how the young man out of Georgia Tech fared in his first year with the Bulls? I thought you were going to say, how would you describe it? And I was going to go with weird as hell. <laughs> 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 because, I mean, here's the thing. Like, you sign Thad Young in free agency. You go out and proactively sign Thad Young, and the, and the move is universally loud, lauded because he's such a great teammate. And talk about reliability. The dude always shows up. He, he always plays. And then you, like, ask him to completely change his game to, like, how he's never played before. Um, and I, it just never made any sense to me. Now, look, to Thad Young's credit, and this is why you got to love Thad Young. Like, you, you talk about a young um, 32. The guy's in incredible shape. He's always available. He just figures out how to make an impact. Look, this is not the way he's played his entire career, and yet uh, while shooting 3.5, three-point attempts per game, the second highest total of his career. He shot 35.6% from three, which isn't great, but it's like the second highest, the second best percentage of his career. Um, And he averaged 10.3 points, um, you know, while playing a style that he's really never played before. The the whole like back to the basket, up and under game that he's made his whole career, you didn't see that at all at the start. And then finally they started to incorporate some of that. Um, But look, Fat is just one of those ballers who just figures out a way to help his team. That's just who he is. That's who he's always been. So all credit goes to him, but he was unhappy for a reason. It was not just the playing time. It was also the style of play that he was asked to play. Um, you know, he's professional about it. He he handled his business behind closed doors. It obviously got out in the media. Um, but uh, he, and he was, you know, well-regarded and well-respected by his teammates because he always shows up and he's a great teammate. Um, but just just a weird season. If you are if you were going to play the way the Bulls played last year, you should have gone and signed Nikola Miritich instead of uh, Bad Young, and you could have got Nikola for about the same price. Obviously, Nikola decided to go back to Europe, but it just it just made no sense to sign him and then, and then ask him to play the way that he played. Will, your thoughts on Thad this season? Well, first of all, I want to tip my cap for him, for him to adapting to the offense that they decided to run. I'll agree with KC. You know, you at least I would have known exactly what to, what you were getting. First of all, reliability. You know, before last season, it was 81 games, 81 games, 74 games, 73 games. You know, you knew you were going to be able to count on him. As as KC talked about, the old man game in the post, the up and under, the Kevin McHale game, you know, get you on your feet, finish on the other side. But I remember when he started shooting all the threes and we were sitting back in the green room being like, what is he doing? This isn't what they brought him here for. Get in the paint. Dad was saying the same thing. Right. But that was before we realized that, you know, they were doing what they were doing with the offense. But at the same time, he kept working at it. And then you go back and you look at the numbers and you're like, he became reliable from behind the arc, 36%. Now, it's not great, but I think that number is only going to get better. But he adapted his game to what they wanted him to do. And that's a sign of a veteran. Now, that hurt his rebounding numbers because he only averaged five a game. 
but he's, you know, in, in year, seasons past, it was, you know, almost nine, almost nine, eight, almost 13, you know, stuff like that. But I want him to be in a position to where he can play his best game. How is he the most effective? And I think that's doing a little bit of everything. And let me let me correct myself. I was looking at the wrong numbers. I mean, he's he's a six, seven, eight, nine rebound a, a game guy. Yeah, he got down to five this year. Um, on both on both ends of the floor. But I think that he's a valuable addition. Listen, I think KC will be the first to tell you that you know he was not happy, but he kept his complaints to himself. I think he was a great leader. I think these young guys look up to him. And as much as I'd say that he probably would like to be traded, I want to go selfish with my answer and say he needs to be here. Because as a veteran leader, he can, as, as his numbers did last year, he can give us a solid 25 minutes a game at two positions. And if guys get in foul trouble, he can play three positions, the three, four, and five, and give you that five rebounds, 10 points, go down to the post, shoot out on the perimeter, I know that's not what he wants to do, but I think it's an organization. Sometimes you have to go to some a player, and there's plenty of players out there that have done this, and and ask them to be the leader in the locker room, the leader on the floor, sacrifice what you know your personal gain, and maybe we can work out a deal to where if you'll do that, and things are going well with this team, and the young players start to mature. All of a sudden, when we get around the trading deadline, you've helped us. Now we're going to help you. And we're going to find a contender that needs a player like you, and we'll make a trade because you've done exactly what we've asked you to do. These young guys have now matured. We need your spot to play some of these younger guys. You've led us to where we need to be. So now we're going to help you in a situation. That, in my, in my case, would be a win-win for the Bulls and a win-win for that. I don't think you're going to get a better wrap up on the Bulls' wings anywhere, anywhere on the uh, the, the Twitter sphere or Instagram. <laughs> that you want to go after a little editing. <laughs> <laughs> don't no no don't oh, mention that. Yeah. Nobody knows about that. <laughs> For, uh. Will Purdue, Casey Johnson, Tony Gill, our digital content producer. I'm Jason Goff. Thank you for listening to this Bulls Wings edition of oh, – Hold on, hold on, man. I got one thing to say. Uh-oh. Here we go. No, no, no. So I, I was all excited because <laughs> I thought I was going to get a chance to talk about Denzel. Yeah, yeah. You go, guys snuck – No, go ahead. Do you think? You snuck want him in on the guards. Do you think? So I just wanted to throw this in. What do you think? Because of the uncertainty with Otto Porter and Chandler Hutchinson and their health, I think we all have, even though Denzel has been hurt as well, I think we all know what we get with him. We get a guy that understands how to play, a reliable ball handler. I think he makes guys better. I think, you know, how good he is, on a scale of one to ten, maybe it's a maybe it's a six, maybe it's a five and a half, maybe it's a seven on any given night. But the one thing that he does is he makes guys better because he understands how to play the game. And I think that we saw this last year, even though he was having to play uphill, even though he was having to play for a coach that's that 
I think we'll all admit was not a big fan. And he played through a lot of adversity and not health adversity, but mental anguish, you know, whatever, however you want to call it. The way he can explode coming off the bench is something that every single team needs. And you can talk about, well, what about his defense? I don't care. At times, we saw it with this Bulls team this past season, years past. You'll see it uh, this upcoming uh, year in the bubble when the playoffs, when teams struggle to score, you got to be able to look, turn around and look at the bench and go, who could give us some points? He may give up some points, but who can give us some points to get us over the hump and get, our, get the momentum back, and then I can take him out of the game. And I think that, you know, Denzel is one of those guys that can play the three if Chandler and Otto have seasons like they have had in the past and get hurt, he can fill in. This is why he is an award-winning broadcaster, ladies and gentlemen. Free Denzel. <laughs> I, I just think I just think we need to get Denzel in on the Bigs podcast next week too, so we can. Oh. Get some, I, it'll, it'll, no, it'll be my turn for the rant because we had oh. Jason go off last week and we'll go off this week. It's like the free Denzel move going to live for one more week. I didn't realize how much I loved Denzel until I got going there the other day. <laughs> it just happened. You we start talking Denzel. about Denzel and you see a smile on your face and you're like, I want to fight for that guy. <laughs> we could do a Denzel rally at Union Park. I, hey, I'm good. I'm good. They're, they're, yeah, I'm, I'm okay on that one. Uh, I don't know. There's, <laughs> there's, been some, uh, there's been some commotion. I don't know if you've heard, Will, with the rally. <laughs> <laughs> for Will Perdue and Casey Johnson, my man Tony Gill, the digital content producer extraordinaire. I'm Jason Goff. Thanking you for listening to the Bulls Talk podcast. Join us next time as we get set to talk about the Bulls Bigs. We hope you enjoyed the Bulls Talk podcast presented by Coors Light. Find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Subscribe if you like the show. Feel free to rate and review us. And you can also check us out on your smart speaker by saying play Bulls Talk podcast. New episodes are ready every Tuesday and Friday morning. Until then, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Check it out. NBC has got something special for you. Introducing our brand new streaming service, Peacock TV. From live sports to news, documentaries, and even some of your favorite shows, NBC Universal's new streaming service, Peacock, has it all. Learn more at PeacockTV.com, exclusive home for all of NBC Sports' free Premier League coverage, In Deep with Ryan Lochte, and Lost Speedways hosted by Dale Earnhardt Jr., and so much more. That's PeacockTV.com, PeacockTV.com to learn more. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.